one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very British horror. And Paul, we, Paul M, <laughs> we have a very special guest. Please, could you what? introduce our very special guest, whose name might also be Paul, otherwise that would have been really <laughs> weird. <laughs> You've kind of ruined it now, really. So, um, yes, I'd like to welcome onto our show, uh, Retrospection's very own Paul Wood. Hello, Thank Paul. you. Thank you. Um, hello to both of you. This is, this is a real pleasure for me. W- welcome. Uh, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, Paul W, uh, 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 as the guest of honour, why don't you tell us what film we're going to be talking about? We are going to be talking about The Monster Club. Yes, and that's the film I watched, so that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> you, you know, luckily it's the film I watched, and I knew we were doing The Monster Club, so... Yeah. <laughs> well... Um, so the first thing I want to say about the Monster Club is actually some people uh, will, will say this is the last in the Amicus series of Portmanteau horror films, which began with Dr. Terror's House of Horror. And I just wanted to get your views on whether you agree with that idea, with listing that in, in the series. So, um, Paul W., I'll go to you first. What do you think about that? Yeah, but I think that's true. I think there's a very clear line between um, everything that came before it leading into this one. Um, I don't, not to spoil anything, but I don't think this is, is as well produced as some of those previous ones in in lots of ways, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I, I can see a direct line through it. I think this is slightly more um, tongue-in-cheek than, than they're used to, although there's always been a bit of that in, in the Amicus movies, I think. Well, House of Drip Blood, John Pertwee, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, Paul, Paul M., what, what's your view? Um, probably the same. I think it seems to follow the format of the others. Um, uh, yeah, a bit distracted by whatever that was. It just went off. Yeah, that was quite corner. a bang, wasn't it? I yeah. think that, I, <laughs> that's never <laughs> happened before. I hope this isn't going to be a haunted podcast. <laughs> I don't think the ghost agrees with our summation, to be honest. Well, well I, you see, I was, I was going to put the alternative of you, you, two, you guys, because it's not an amicus film. Yeah, so surely that immediate, immediately disqualifies it. And, and I know oh, Milton Sabotsky did this. It's obviously the same style. But then he did The Uncanny as well, didn't he? And that that's not generally listed as in this yep. series. Yep. So. But would you make an argument for, for adding the uncanny in, in kind of before it? Or, or would you say that it doesn't matter at all what you're talking about, Chris? <laughs> I, I personally, I, I see the uncanny as something completely different. I don't um, really care either way, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shot you up, Chris, hasn't it? <laughs> Told you. Uh, well, okay. So I, I don't think we've got. I think I think we've got kind of a win, a loss, and a draw there. To be honest, <laughs> it's completely even. I th- I, what I do like about this, though, and <laughs> the sort of production company of this, is it, it, it. It's very much telling us we're entering the eighties, being called sword and sorcery productions. That's very eighties, I think. Well, well, that was all the right. Was um, Hawk the Slayer before this? I think it was, wasn't it? I was. <laughs> I mean, we haven't got our very British fantasy hats on tonight, but <laughs> I, um, so so I, I think uh, certainly Time Bandits was around this time. Well, this this was early, wasn't it? Because this was this film was made in nineteen 
80 and I believe released in 1981. So this, yeah. was, this was earlier yeah. than a lot of the 80s fantasies, but you, you can see they were coming. And, and Amicus, of course, had done fantasy films themselves. So um, but they were very they were very used to it. I mean, uh, what was it? Um, the Creature That Time Forgot and The People That Time Forgot and At Their yeah. Score. So, so I think wasn't wasn't War, Warlords of Atlantis, if I can say it. Warlords of Atlantis, that was one of theirs as well, wasn't it? I, I, I think it was. I think it was in that series. I'm not mm. sure whether it was in that series in the same sense that Monster Club is in this series. No, no. <laughs> but um, that that was certainly directed by Kevin Connor, wasn't it? Who was also yeah. a director in yeah. several Amicus movies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, um, and, and and of course the story the story Amicus had, had dissipated into acrimony hadn't it so a few years prior in about 76 or 77 the 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 partners behind amicus who were milton sabotsky and max j rosenberg had fallen out i think quite spectacularly i think there were legal battles and, and and things um and max j rosenberg who i think was always just the money man disappeared that's right. Yeah, Sivoski was the ideas man. Rosenberg was was just the um, was just the banker, really, wasn't he? And, and, and yeah, he closed the bank because then there'd been um, <laughs> there'd been a, a big crisis in the British film industry, of which Amicus was clearly a part in 1974. And and so by the time you get to 1980, 1981, very few British films were being made, and also the horror genre had completely changed, hadn't it? So the the classic era, which we always talk about go, going from late 50s to the early 70s, that was over now. And, and um, you, you, you had like the slasher films and, and you mm. know, Friday the 13th, I think, probably already happened. Halloween had yeah. definitely happened. Yeah. Um, so, so, so horror was an exorcist, of course. Horror was totally different by, by this this time. And I, poor, poor old Milton Sabotsky, I don't think had, <laughs> I don't think he'd seen that. But... Um, I think, Paul, M. I think what we we probably do is we'll, we'll start by maybe having a little talk uh, through the opening sequence, the, the the beginning of the framing sequence. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm doing this from memory now, but it's uh, we're we're in a, a, a street and there's a we we sort of zoom in on a on a on a a window display with books, various other things in, in the window display. It's quite an odd window display. And then there's a big picture of John Carradine. Mm. Um, and he's uh, underneath it, it mentions that he's he's this the author of a particular book. And but he's playing a real author, isn't he? He is playing a real author. Oh, Chetwind Hines, isn't it? Yeah, Hayes, I think it is. Hayes, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And he's playing, well, the author, yeah, the, the, the author of the book that this is based on. Yes, yes, um, indeed. The real guy yes. hated the casting, by the way. <laughs> no, he, hated. he, he, he thought John Carradine was too old, didn't he? He thought he was too old, and apparently some um, one, of, one of my Wikipedia finds <laughs> um, <laughs> was I know I'm giving, giving the source away there. The yeah, one, don't the give away secrets. Um, apparently, he he got accosted by some woman at the premiere who said, "Oh, it must be awful that you're suffering from terrible arthritis." And he said, "That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine." To be to be fair, 
we'll discuss this a bit later. It, it, it's quite a sort of self-indulgent um, sort of storyline and, and, and book. So he probably deserved it. Um, <laughs> so, so, but but there's a, there is a story yes. that Carradine wasn't first choice. The role was initially offered to Christopher Lee, who, yeah. <laughs> again, I... I forget the source. It's a website beginning with W and ending in Wikipedia. Um, but Christopher Lee turned it down just when he heard the title. And in fact, I mean, he, 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 he was just not, at this part of his career, he wanted to move on. He just wasn't interested in, in, in horror films. He called that his graveyard period. And, and he, I think it was probably in Hollywood, this was when he was in Hollywood, um, with those small roles in all those um Blockbusters that he did for a while. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the airplane yeah. movie, yeah. Airport or whatever it was. Yeah, that, that's uh, yeah. one with with the with the plane that sinks to the bottom of the ocean. I think, isn't it the one? Where he... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not 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 generally considered to be his best work. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, and um, memory serves. I think I saw him in an episode of Spider Man as well. My goodness, yeah, the eighties. Yeah. That that never gets shown now. I love that. I love that series <laughs> of Spider-Man. I love the theme song. I love everything about it. Yeah. But, but a, a, anyway, um, Paul, you were going to get past the first two minutes of the film. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and this guy kind of, we see this guy step out of the shadows and lo and behold, it's that very author. He's having a, a look at his, um, his fine window display. Um, and then out, out of the, I guess, a side alley or something, uh, comes Vincent Price, uh, who's looking a bit down and out and, and hungry. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure he's. I'm not sure he's actually looking either. But the um, but he's not. He's the, the script. The, the, the script seems to imply that that's the case. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I because I, I think he's dressed in a quite a debonair way for someone who's clearly trying to he's be. He's got yeah. he's got some sort of coat on though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rightly, so that makes him look a bit shabbier. So so our, our, our hero Chetwind mistakes him for. Um, a, a homeless person yeah um and just wants to help him yeah and says says you know yeah I'll, I'll help you out with with something to eat and then uh the second later vincent price bites into his neck because his character uh, erasmus i think yeah the name is is a vampire and uh, this is a IMDb trivia now, uh, but I think you guys must have known this anyway. Yeah, this is Vincent yeah. Price's only only um, vampire role in in cinema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you know that's that's pretty unique. And then um, yeah. and actually this this bit here is so like so civilized. Um, it's, it's, so, so like oh, you can well, the, bite the me if of, you want. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. It's very British. It's very British, isn't it? <laughs> And the, and the scene afterwards as well, where he's like, "Oh yes, thank you very much. That's 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 really kind of you." And I feel so much better now. And I only I did only had a little bit, so you won't turn into one of me. And and yeah, they're all having a, a just a, a chat as if you know he he I don't know it it, it, it was yeah. his friend or something, and they'd help. He takes it very well. Yeah. He does take it very well. I've never seen anything like it in any of the many vampire films. I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's original. Um, and and then and then Paul. And then he, <laughs> then he says, "You know, I, I'm 
I'm basically on this way to this club. Let me take you there. It'd be you'll, you'll like it. And it, you know, you're, he recognizes him as the author as well, and goes, "Oh yes, I love all of your books and your ideas." And you'll get some new ones at this 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 club, the, the, this monster club. He doesn't say that. I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like you're about to go to the monster mess. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it wouldn't be out of place if I did. To be fair. No, and I wouldn't be surprised if it turned up in this movie, the monster yeah, mash. Apart honest. from the expense. Oh, there is that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to get some some minor new wave <laughs> star to do it. Uh, but uh, and then uh, John Carradine agrees to go to the club, uh, not though he doesn't want to. But then the idea that he might get some ideas uh, yeah. because he he's clearly desperate for ideas which is an interesting admission <laughs> they've kind of woven into the subtext of the film do you think this is a cry for help yeah, the yeah. <laughs> well clearly clearly erasmus has realized that he, he he's a bit short of ideas as well because he's going no look come here i'll show you this place where there's all these ideas but the great thing about it is is that he genuinely does it's not like a a ruse to get him there so they can all eat him or you know it's it's nothing like that and that's no. what i like about it it's yeah like, yeah no he genuinely come to this club there'll be some things there that'll interest you he wants to show off all these spectacular looking friends in the ah, club. so you've, yeah, come, yeah. you've come to the next point there um <laughs> 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 so so and i watched this with my wife and and she she asked me are they are, are they meant to be people wearing masks yes, yes. Or, or are they actually meant to be those monsters? <laughs> and I cannot answer. I, I've thought about it a lot. I, 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 through and I cannot answer. I've actually put in my notes. Firstly, this doesn't seem to be the sort of place that Vincent would hang out. And then are, are those bad masks pretending to be monsters or bad masks being actual monsters? That was in my notes. See, it is it's quite marks, difficult. I think I think they are just bad masks, and I think what gives gives that away is the um, the, the character of the sec- the club secretary, who, oh, yeah. who's supposed to be a werewolf, and yeah. really, it looks like um, a, a normal guy wearing a Halloween costume, <laughs> a cheap Halloween costume. And, yes. and the weird thing is, and I only realised this today when I looked it up. That's Roger Sloman. Yeah. Uh, who's very long and distinguished career in in, in principally uh, comedy, I think, is still yeah. going on to to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe believe he was in Breeders, which is a a Sky show I don't watch. But but this is, I mean, he he was in Young Ones, wasn't he? <laughs> so <laughs> he's countless things. Um, I'm sure I'm sure that this is at the very top of his resume. Though. Uh, I think only chronologically. <laughs> 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 I think this was his first film, <laughs> but 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 yeah. Um... I like to think of I like to think that the the people in the club are just people crashing the club, and they've got a hold of some very bad masks from a cheap Halloween store. I think because yeah. the weird thing is the set is quite. It's obviously like a real club. It's quite hmm. good. It's like they had real costumes or if they toned it down because you know yeah. not every monster needs to look like the creature from the black lagoon do they i mean you know that you get 
a lot of like vampires and things just look normal. You could just have normal people, mm, <laughs> normal yeah. looking people, and say, ah, vampires. Yeah. <laughs> you could have goths. Uh, it's a bit early for no, no, actually, it's not early for that, is it? You could have that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We, we had a goth at the end of our road in 1981. I remember he scared the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheap. It's a cheap yeah. thing, and you can you can tell what it is. Yeah, but um, and then and then we have an even more puzzling uh, occurrence, don't we? Because we we have um, a, a, a bit of plot, and there's clearly going to be an intro into the the first yeah. of the um, the stories. Um, but there's music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and not from, just background music but there's like whole tracks that they perform yeah, and it's from a, yeah it sort of like turns into a bit of a variety show uh, yeah. but, but i think That's exactly I think, right. and i think with this though they're, they're sort of they've got i don't know if the, i don't know if this is a real band obviously we have ba robertson later who who actually was a real um singer singer um mm-hmm. i don't know if this band is a, is a real band or not but they're kind of it's sort of like a post-punk new wavy sort of song which again just seems so a bit out of place i think i know i think they are a, a real band this is the pretty things isn't it um mm. yeah and, and yes yeah, so and they they seem to have um quite an extensive uh discog- discography uh which this does not appear on anywhere <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, I've tried to I've tried to look for these songs. They're not on Spotify. I'll tell you that for nothing. They don't, they don't exist. Well, apparently the um, the soundtrack album, the or the vinyl soundtrack album, which came out at the time, goes for big money now. Because okay, like, yeah, I can imagine. And, and, it, yeah. um, but but there there are other songs interspersed through the the framing sequence um, throughout throughout the film. And do you know that? I mean, okay, here's a, here's another controversial thing because we're being super controversial. <laughs> I don't think they're all that bad. I mean, I the to- I don't think they should be in this film like they are. No. But but um the, the actually one of the songs I even liked. I, I probably liked <laughs> not the BA Robertson one which was uh, I, I quite like that because it was quite funny and actually it was sort of very similar to a lot of the rest of his output. So yeah, I, I remember in keeping. Yeah. I remember liking him from kids TV when, at this yeah. kind of time when I was quite young and watched, watched it and I remembered him from that. But the song I actually thought was a genuinely good song um, was uh, Stripper by a band yeah. called Night. I was thinking, I was enjoying this. And they're a real, they're a real band as well. Mm-hmm. The, and, okay, and so they, they are the, real bands. And they do the whole um, performance. And then there is like a, a strip tease, yeah. like a burlesque version of a strip tease it's no actual nudity but but then it goes to shadow as her clothes come off um yeah and and then and then the flesh comes off and it's just a skeleton and that's really well animated (laughs) really good that's the um the menu animation on my dvd of this movie (laughs) 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 it's the whole thing (laughs) and apparently this clip did go around the internet a couple of years ago people thought this is good (laughs) look at this (laughs) <laughs> um, all, all the songs are very catchy but they get into your head and then you can't get them out yeah that's what i, 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 what I thought was really odd was what amused me was in in the credits at the beginning where it, it it said about the music and it's got uh music supplied by um ba robertson john williams i don't know if it's that one it is um, it is actually that one <laughs> is it <laughs> yeah slumming it yeah <laughs> 
UB40, yes. Douglas Gamley, who did a lot of the Amicus music, yes. and, and Alan Hawkshaw, who was mostly famous for doing sitcom <laughs> music later right. on. It's like, what a weird collection of things. So I, can, I, can explain, I, can, I can explain this. So, um, obviously, you've got the, the, the pop songs that they did, but they yeah. also had uh, a different composer for each of the stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And John Williams, uh, I think, rearranged a piece of classical music by Foray. Uh, yeah. I think that's how you used to say it. I know Spectrum Morse was a big fan, so this is someone I've heard of. <laughs> uh, um, and that was the music to the um, the Shadmock, the, that, yeah. that story. Um, yeah, and it is it is the John Williams who did it. <laughs> okay, because because I know that there is. I'm sure there is another John Williams musician that's that's someone different. I think yeah, there's a guitarist. Yeah, he's a, he's so, so a classical yeah. guitarist. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but this is this is this is this is the proper one. Okay. And who, who, who obviously by this time was extremely famous as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just the score, I the, the scores over each of the each of the stories yeah. are really really good. Yeah. I, I think, think the true. internet on music is really good. I think. Uh, I'm not too sure about about UB40 as the host band. Yeah, so yeah. UB40 are kind of doing the, the music that's in the background, background of the club. club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought, yeah, that's that's the one. That, there can't be any other films with, with anything like that level of diversity on the soundtrack. Well, and, and music and, and this kind of horror has never worked ever, to my knowledge. I, okay, so so I know that um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show would happen by this point, and maybe they were thinking that there might be some relation here. But all I, all I can think of is um, Strange Love in Lust for a Vampire and that Stone Ground song in Jack in the AD 1972. <laughs> and and, and there, there is uh, like a proper horror musical isn't there from the early 70s uh, Son of Dracula which I've never seen but it's got Ringo mm-hmm. Starr in it apparently it, 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 maybe we'll do that sometime yeah if you, you oh, can find, if we can find it, it. It's, that sounds it's, amazing that sounds is, absolutely amazing it's, it's it's basically an excuse for Harry Nielsen to have a yeah. load of his songs on there so yeah. he plays uh, Countdown Countdown who is the son of son of Dracula and, and Ringo Starr plays Merlin. So there we go. Of course, and Merlin, just, wow. the famous horror character. <laughs> it is an absolutely bonkers film, but, but it's just a load of nonsense. And I think the only way you can see it is I think there's a really sort of quite dodgy VHS transfer on YouTube. I'm not going to rush to do that, Paul. <laughs> I have to say. It depends whether you like uh, Harry Nielsen's music, because that's basically what it is. There's very little plot, and it's certainly not horror other than like the production values quite horrific i'm sure if you watched it at, at 10 o'clock at night uh, um after having a couple of beers or, or two or three or four <laughs> then i'm sure it'd be fantastic i'm sure you'd enjoy yeah. every second of it well i think if you did it with friends the horror bit would be afterwards when they were <laughs> trying to lynch you for making them watch it <laughs> i mean it, it does sound like it's for people who thought purple rain and moonwalker made too much sense but... yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Maybe um, I can sell the idea. Maybe I can sell the idea to Colin that we could cover it on retrospection before you, and then you won't have to do it then. Yeah, definitely. It's not. I don't know if it's sort of technically probably is British. I think it was a. He wouldn't do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> He'd have no interest in that. No, I can't imagine him doing that. 
<laughs> so here's a question for both of you then. Oh yeah. With, with, all, with all with all the songs in this, Monster Club musical is it a musical? Do you think it's a bit of a musical as well? There are musicals well, that, like like Streets of Fire, for example, where they're classed as musicals, but they're not actually musicals. They just happen to have performance pieces in them. So that's a great question. I would say no, because I don't think there's quite enough of it for it to be a musical. Um, okay. Again, I'd, I'd probably liken it again to a sort of variety show. You've got a bit, bit of everything. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna split that round and, and say the only, the only time I've seen something like this to this extent is <laughs> Twin Peaks: The Return. So, slightly, <laughs> slightly different. Very different. Um, yeah. but, 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 but David Lynch also likes the idea of I'm going to just film a performance of a whole song now and mm -hmm. you're just going to have to sit there and watch it because yeah. nothing's going to happen until I've finished with these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't almost every episode end that way? It, it, yes, that it show. did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, but that was kind of like in-universe. We were, we were it's the, um, uh, the, the, what's it called? The, the um, oh, I've forgotten what they call the place the book house no that's something else isn't it um the the, the roadhouse it's the roadhouse that's, yeah, that's where they go yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but um did you say david, david lynch who's very in, in into music and film had he kind of successfully married it together if you think like i do twin peaks to return is like a masterpiece but then he had a very long running time and could do things like that um yeah but he, he's done that he just diverging a bit here, but in, in a lot of the films, he, he does that. So you've got the radiator song in Eraserhead, for instance, right at the beginning. Yeah, he, he uses then, music fantastically yeah. in all of his stuff, yeah. I, no, I, think, I think that's absolutely right. And we covered Elephant Man recently, and we, we absolutely lo love David Lynch. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not completely saying this is in the same league, although this is a Roy Ward Baker <laughs> film. It is, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, Roy, Roy Ward Baker's a reasonably respectable director of British horror films of a certain type. <laughs> yeah, you, if it was shot in black and white, you could perfectly have this as a double wheel with the Elephant Man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, Chris, back away from the David Lynch. You need to do that on a different podcast. Up a David Lynch podcast. Well, so, so yeah. But it is, it is a, it's a bizarre creative choice that I've only ever seen David Lynch and, mm -hmm. and, and Roy Wood Baker. I, I, th I think that the addition of music to this is to try and make this a bit more hip and cool. Yeah, um, but that's, that, that's exactly what it absolutely doesn't make it. Exactly. Well, firstly, <laughs> firstly, the two kind of leads in the wraparound bit of it are two massive old codgers. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then the music is the sort of music that it would be picked by by um, like your 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 nan, uh, <laughs> who would think oh, this is the sort of music that you'd find cool, and and absolutely isn't at all. Um, I think it does it does for the seventies it, uh, it does for the eighties what Dracula AD nineteen seventy two did for the seventies. <laughs> yeah, in the fact that it probably felt uncool six months after it, it before it was released. Yeah, exactly. You know? No, I think I think that's absolutely right. But it's not. I think the point I, I want to make though is not actually bad. It's just weird. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I would actually say that for, for, for filming scenes of um, like an actual club, I would say the people do actually look like they're enjoying themselves. Yeah, because that's, that's right. quite often like in those things, you get a load of extras who've probably been there like all day and are really cold and hungry and fed up. And these people do actually look like they're dancing around and having a having a nice time. So there is that. I think that that works really well. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I do get a real sense of the Monster Club as a real club, I have to say. Um so so this is not a complete disaster, but but like I say, it's just there are some weird choices being made. And um we do see that as well going into the first story see what i did there yeah, <laughs> i've moved us on <laughs> i was just gonna i was gonna quickly say do you, do you think that um the only crisps they sell behind the bar are monster munch crisps <laughs> that really wasn't worth <laughs> no, it it <laughs> but thank you okay. that, that was good i'm gonna steal that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're, you're welcome. So, um, Paul W. This time, do, do you want to give us a quick rundown of the Shadmock? First, what's a Shadmock? A Shadmock is basically um, a monster that. Well, he goes. Vincent Price goes into this long, rambling speech about how all the monsters cross with each other, and I'm not going to do it because I can't remember it and I didn't write it down. Um, and it and it's really. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's confusing, but it it, it doesn't make any sense. It's just nonsense. It's, it's just nonsense. nonsense. He yeah. starts out with vampires, ghouls, and werewolves, and, yeah. then, and then he's got a whole thing about interbreeding, which is really weird. Yeah. And then, like four <laughs> generations down, he, he ends up with a with a shadmock. It, it is quite funny that that speech. I think it, tur- this... it turns it turns into a one man Abbott and Costello routine, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think at this point, I think at this point, I twigged that this was a film that wasn't really going to be serious. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and I think yeah, I, I'm kind of accepting now that this is a silly film, and I think I'm going to enjoy it more. So, yes. so Shad, well, a Shadmock. Then, how can I describe a Shadmock? He he looks sort of mostly human. He's a bit strange. Um, and to to paraphrase the film, he just whistles. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so he, 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 he's he's like um, he's like I, that goth that lived at the end of your road. <laughs> He was scary. He was, he was more scary than this guy, I'll tell you. Yeah. But the, the whistle is quite scary. So, oh, um, at, at the start of th- this, we get to see uh, a cameo, um, an amazing cameo, don't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a cat weasel cameo. Ah, no, yes. no, 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 no. Sort of going back to our, our, the last episode we did before the summer break. Yeah, Asylum. Yeah. It's the same character. I think that. Asylum. I think that. I, I, I think, did wonder that as well. Yeah. I, I, I think that. So, um, Asylum. So you didn't mention who it is. Jeffrey Belden. It's Jeffrey Belden. Everyone knows who Cat Weasel is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> surely. <laughs> um, yeah. So, in, in Asylum, Jeffrey Belden is uh, uh, not to spoil it, but um, it works at, at, at the asylum <laughs> in, in a senior medical role and um, <laughs> yeah here it starts the, the Shadmock story starts off with with um, Simon Ward in, in a straitjacket in a padded cell being looked at by um, a load of doctors led by 
Jeffrey Belden saying, "Oh, sorry, this guy's incurably insane." <laughs> yeah. And and then then that then it leads into what made him incurably insane, and that's the last we see of Jeffrey Belden. But yeah, he is um, could easily be the same character from Asylum, and he's not the only returning actor from Asylum. No, yeah, but that actor is probably not going to be the same character who was in Asylum. No, no. But we'll get onto that. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, go on, Paul W. What happens then? So um, it's Simon. I've forgotten his last name. Ward. What's his last name? Simon Ward. Simon Ward and um, another actress who I can't remember. <laughs> oh, don't make me look it up. <laughs> no, no. Hang on. <laughs> Keep talking. It so they, is... this, this actress and Simon Ward. Who, who Barbara, Ke- Barbara Kellerman. There you go. Um, they are looking for a mark, someone that they can con and um, rip off, someone with lots of money, and they find, um, what's the Shadmok's name? Do we ever hear his name? Yeah, Raven, apparently. I don't think, I'm not sure we ever, we ever hear no. him. He's listed in the cast as Raven. Yeah. He's referred to as a, a sort of antiquarian, isn't he? That, I think that's what Harry's mm. referred to. In it. I don't think we hear his name. Who lives in a big, massive mansion, and um, Simon Ward wants um, his partner to go in and basically, in re- you know, ingratiate herself with him, become help him to catalogue all his books and all his um, object art that he's got everywhere in, in his in his in his mansion. While at the same time trying to find out where the safe is, so that they can steal everything that he's got, which is a pretty disgraceful plan. Uh, uh, it is, <laughs> and this Shadmok, um, who's who's played by the way by an actor who who I recognise, but uh, uh, whose name isn't familiar, James Lawrenson. He thinks he's really grotesque, and he needs to stay away from human society and just stay in the um, in, in the mansion. And, and he, his relatives come, but they're not, you know, <laughs> they're the same as him, so it's all right. But his um, horrific grotesqueness. It is a bit of white makeup, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, ter- it terrifies her, though, doesn't it? She's yeah. absolutely terrified of him. But only because he's a creepy guy, not because mm. he looks yeah. awful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because he's quite a, a, a tragic figure because he thinks he's grotesque. But mm. I don't. I don't think he is grotesque at all. I think if she wasn't uh, like actually a confidence trickster uh, who's had a a boyfriend she was doing criminal stuff for mm-hmm. um then you know it wouldn't be unreasonable she might actually they might have actually properly got together it wouldn't be a cruel trick um but it's a cruel trick it is it is so so essentially this this story sort of beauty and the beast in a way but, <laughs> with, but it's, it's a kind of twisted be our guest there is a ball scene. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the musical version <laughs> with melted cats with with added melted cats yeah yeah, yeah. Because... So, sorry that sequence I don't, I don't know when we get onto it there's a there's a point where he's hanging out with his the pigeons who are his, well, his we can do it now friends. yeah yeah he feeds yeah. the birds he likes to do that and that's, that's quite a nice birds, thing which is nice and then, and then basically he comes across as quite a nice hmm? a nice sort of guy who's just insecure and and, and a bit shy. So, socially awkward yeah he, he, yeah, so he's feeding the thing, and it just absolutely creased me up 
when the, the music when the cat appears <laughs> so again i'm thinking like okay so this film is, is a bit silly and then this bit starts up and i'm thinking okay this is kind of fairly standard type of story for this this type of film mm. and i'm thinking it's, yeah this maybe this is quite serious and then the cat bit happens well you, i mean melting he melt he uses his whistle to melt he does the cat, but which yeah. which is if you're a cat lover as i am it and I know you are actually a cat lover, as I yeah. um, It's horrible. It's not that. It's horrible. No, no, no. But the bit, the lead up to it, where the build up, where the cat appears, and then they they they, they have the ridiculous, uh, over dramatic music as the cat kind of creeps up on the beds. I, 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 I tell you what, the um, the, the feline conspiracy to take over the world in the uncanny is not going to last long with the Shadmok around. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's what we learn in this scene, I think. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it reminds me of the um, you 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 both well you do because you've covered it in in your in your show. But um, Scream did a whole sh- uh, story about cats taking over yep. the world. Didn't no, it? that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, really, really, really silly, but great. Like a lot of things in Scream. Um, it was but... more convincing than this. Than this. <laughs> If I'm completely honest, but <laughs> well, yeah, um, and Bob, when you mentioned comics, there was a comic adaption of the Monster Club that I think is actually quite good. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah um, partly illustrated by David Lloyd, who did Viva Vendetta. Oh, okay, and, yeah, they, and, made a, they made a thousand of them, didn't they, and gave them out at the premiere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but but subsequently published it in Halls of Horror, which was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the the, the horror magazine yeah. the, the, yeah. the time, and I think the, the illustrations, the one you referred to, the genealogy chart, and, and also I think that there's a couple of Monster Club posters are by John Bolton, who's another great oh, okay. comic artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but anyway, after the um, the cat incident, that then uh, um, the Shad, the Shadmont gets. Wants to get engaged to Angela, uh, Barbara Kellerman, uh, and she she doesn't want to. But then Simon Wall says, "Oh, you should. It'd be brilliant. We'll we'll we'll, we'll ruin his life. <laughs> we'll crush his <laughs> dreams <laughs> and make some money out of it." And then and she thinks, "Oh, that sounds like a good idea. I'll do that." <laughs> they're kind of yeah. They do deserve what they get. These two. Um, so she goes back and says, all right, I will marry you. And he goes, brilliant. You'd have to meet my family. But um, yeah, they're a bit weird. So we'll do it as a ball, as a mask ball. And you think Venetian. Yeah. No, no, like plastic, like uh, perspex masks. <laughs> so, so, so it's quite, uh, the ball scene is quite affecting. And this is where you get the John Williams music as well. Yeah. Um, and it just looks really strange because of the, the funny masks yeah, they're wearing. I, I, yeah. I, think those masks are quite effective i think they're better think than the masks in the, in the club yeah. to be honest yeah they're, 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 they're more creepy yeah and i think this is why i think we'll get we'll probably get onto this but I, this this whole segment is is kind of odd in its tone because i think at points like with the cat it, it, it's funny and silly but overall it's not it, it's it's quite a serious sort of tragic tale it's not like a it's, it's not like funny and daft like no the rest no. of the film so it's a little bit out of place although yeah. when we when we see his entire family in that ballroom i was waiting for them to start doing the time warp yeah 
Well, yeah, he's a bit like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it's creepy. It's I mean, more like yeah. there there are some creepy scenes like um we, we never covered it in the end, but Kiss of the Vampire has a creepy yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I, I did think about that, and I think this one's probably just as good if I'm if yeah. I'm honest. I think this is a good scene. Um and, and then she gets freaked out and thinks, right, I'm gonna steal all the money and just go. I've had enough of this. Um but she gets caught and he actually doesn't care that she, she says, no. you have as much money as you want. I just want to marry you. And, and then she's horrible to him. And we already know that like what makes him whistle is because he doesn't want to do it because he's not bad, but what, but he like has like some kind of, these are like meltdowns that he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, just, he just, he just can't help himself and he yeah. whistles at her. And, and then, and then, and then we get a scene uh, at the end of this sex segment where she goes home and then then some ward sees her face and it's horrifically melted. So she's survived it, but she's horrifically uh, maimed. And and that's... And that's what, what is she saying? She's, I can't remember what it is. You will survive. still love me, won't you? Or something that's like that. That's it, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's great. I thought it was really creepy. And, and, and this and, is and, the only good makeup effect in the whole film. Uh, <laughs> her, right? Yeah, yeah. This, this is my thing, right? I don't mind the music so much, but I think the makeup in this film is absolutely shocking. And we, yeah, we, we yeah. talked about the, the, the mask in the monster club, but it actually gets worse. But then this, I mean, like the Shadmok's makeup, terrible, doesn't doesn't go with the dialogue at all. But the um, this, this, the, like, the horror melted face That's, makeup, yeah. really mm. effective, really good, horrible yeah. without just being disgusting. So I think yeah. that is brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's straight out of um, uh, an EC comic, isn't it? The ending to this story, I think. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And and it's. Um, I think there's the slightly metallic voice that she's speaking in as well. That really adds to to the creepiness of it because it's kind of like she's because all her face is melted. She's completely muffled. Yeah. When she's talking, and she sounds like a robot in yeah. a way. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so overall, I like this story. I think it's good. Um, yeah, I mean. The, the comedy is a strange juxtaposition, but, you know, comedy and horror sometimes do, yeah. do go together. And this is this sequence is much more of a horror se- sequence than comedy. But um, then it gets flipped for the second story. <laughs> Arguably for the rest of the film. Well, no, 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 no. I don't think that's, the, I don't actually think that's true, Paul. But, but they, okay, arguably... Okay. But but actually, I think the <laughs> third story is probably not a comedy, <laughs> but, whereas the middle one is purely this is a joke story. Yeah. <laughs> this this yeah. is a this is about um, we we get some introduction like um, in the club, some guy showing a film he's made. Yeah. Um, and about his vampire upbringing and, and, then, and then we we see the film this is the second story and, it, and it's about a boy who's got a dad who's got a weird dad but uh, paul m do you want to do you want to take up this, the tale so um yeah so he, he's basically got a dad that works nights um uh, and sleeps down in the cellar which you know, is a bit unusual um and the, the, the kid is teased at school um, just because for being a bit of a wimp or whatever. Mm. Um, but he can't, can't what, jump a puddle, can he? He can't jump a puddle, which <laughs> I don't know quite know how he can 
That looked like a cracking game, didn't it? I, you know. <laughs> but did, didn't you do jump the puddle at school? I thought everybody did that. <laughs> <laughs> was up there with, with marbles and it and all of those things. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so you know, but but he his family all, all, all love him and, and everything, um, uh, and and then he gets accosted by by a slightly creepy vicar, played by Donald Pleasance. Um, can't get nodding. Why am I nodding? This is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Donald Pleasance. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, you couldn't get a creepier Donald Pleasance, could you? Unless you put oh. him in a dog collar. Yeah, no, he he's he is really creepy and, and like mm-hmm. um says all the things that you uh were told to run away from when you were a kid at school if if a strange creepy vicar came up and started saying these things to you. <laughs> um yeah, and he, he's quite keen to find hear about his dad and all of this sort of thing and you know take him home. Um his, his mum's Brit Eklund. We oh, did, yeah, yeah, did, yeah. did we say his mum's Brit Eklund? He didn't say that. His mum's yeah. A mumsy Brit Eklund. Yeah, yeah. How did they manage to get Brit Eklund in this? Well, b- because it's, it's, she's from Asylum again. So, yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. So, yeah. So, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a very valid question. But yeah. uh, I think um, Roy, Roy Ward Baker must have gone back to the people he enjoyed yeah. working with in Asylum. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, so he and got, it's, quite, it's quite a different role for her because she doesn't normally play the sort of mumsy type. No, no, she's like, um, she's, she, she's a, like an imaginary friend. She's like a, a drop dead Fred character in Asylum. Yeah, in, in this, yeah. in this, she's, she's very, um, yeah, and like say, mumsy. And, and all, all, all that kid needed to do was just get his mum down to the school, and then all the, all the boys would be like his best mate, then wouldn't they? <laughs> you would think. <laughs> <laughs> you would think um but and we do see scenes as well of because uh, we see it's richard johnson playing the um playing the father and he's clearly it's clearly a vampire he's dressed <laughs> like he's in an actual ridiculous like bella lugosi yeah. <laughs> yeah, with, with, the, with the accent and everything <laughs> which makes something uh that's said later on even more funny and silly but we'll get to that in a minute uh, um and and Richard Johnson, who was like a British character actor in a lot of things, but um, he wasn't. But the he's first a lovely choice. dad. But he's a lovely he, dad. He is, and we have a scene of him playing trains or whatever, don't we, uh, to to show that. But um, he again, he wasn't first choice for the role. First choice for the role was apparently, according to my sources at uh, IMDb, um, Klaus Kinski. Oh, okay. Um, who. Uh, that would have been a disaster. I think this was just after the, yeah. he'd done um, Nosferatu, uh, the remake, um, obviously. Um, but if he'd done this in the Nosferatu makeup, it would have been so strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. Yeah. I think that yeah. would have added to the humour of it, though. Well, I think that would have been fantastic. Maybe that, that maybe that's what, what, what how it was originally envisaged. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, I heard that they actually got quite heavily into. Um, pre-production with him and, and and he was such a a, a pain that they, they convinced him to walk yeah so um i, I mean i think that that had happened to him he, he'd be he's a nightmare i think he'd been a nightmare um <laughs> i think didn't he make a film with Werner herzog where they were both nightmares and uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's the so one where he, where he pushes the ship up the mountain, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm happy with Richard Johnson, even though it's it's weird. Well, it's it's it, it, it's because so, it's so silly. Um, yeah. But it, I, I actually, it's quite nice to see the 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 the, the little family dynamic, and and yeah. then and then we learn a bit more about Donald Pleasance, who's actually not a priest. No, he's not, he's not. The, so the he's... good priest from the Devil's Men. We watched the Devil's Men, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But 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 um, he he's actually um, Inspector. Pickering of the B squad, the Bellini. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I laughed out loud to that. That was just really funny. And you just did it again. There. I did, <laughs> you liked it so much. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. I just, ima- I just imagined the alternative version of the Sweeney theme tune with the Bellini, <laughs> and then like Donald <laughs> Pleasance and his men in their bowler hats running around. So, so it, it's it's broad humour, yeah, because they're wearing like. Um, City banker bowler hats for some yeah. some some reason, and, mm-hmm. and put your trousers on. You're staked. <laughs> they should have said that. <laughs> they should have said that. But but you see, we 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 discussed um, Deathline a few episodes back. Yeah, yeah. And I was wasn't convinced by the popular wisdom that Donald Pleasance was was good as a, a police uh, inspector in the Sweeney style I wanted John Thor in that role I wanted it done properly with the Sweeney not not with Donald Pleasance here where this is broad comedy I'm much more comfortable with him I, I, I like it a bit more and and he is a big star at this point because this is right yeah. after Halloween this is that was yeah. the, the apex of his um, international fame probably and uh, what had catapulted him to to be a, a finally a great horror star in, in a different era to the one he started in um so 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 yeah and uh, it's anthony valentine isn't it as, as, as another member of the yeah Le- mm. and then there's some comedy hijinks of um <laughs> uh, richard johnson gets staked through the heart um I'm not quite presents. sure. And I'm not quite sure how a state proof vest works. So you... <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this is this is a bit. This is a bit that I thought was quite funny because because um, uh, Donald Pleasance goes on about um, going. But yeah, we've we had a hard time tracking this one down, and he's been clever, really clever. I think no, he hasn't. He's been watching around in a Dracula costume. <laughs> <laughs> That's not clever. <laughs> did you not spot him a mile off? Did he? Did he really? I mean, did he really have to go through all the trouble of following Brit Eklund when she went around the shops? Well, I, I think he just did that for fun. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we'd all follow Brit, Brit Eklund walking around the shops, wouldn't we? So. <laughs> Yeah, we got a bit too much information there. Sorry about that. But anyway, this this ends with um, Donald Pleasance turning into a vampire after he gets bitten by um, yeah Richard Johnson, and then he gets staked by his own. Oh, that, um, that was brilliant! I love that. His but own his, colleagues, yeah, his, his colleagues basically. Being all rational about it, <laughs> going, well, you know, we have to, sir. <laughs> you wouldn't want us to do it like later on when you kick it and scream it, do it with your dignity and all that sort of stuff. I loved all of that. It's almost <laughs> like a carry on movie, this time. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It absolutely is. But, but then, 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 um, 
Pickering or Pleasant's estate through the heart, and then yeah. he's carried out on the stre- stretcher with the state <laughs> going the state? through the stretcher, <laughs> <laughs> and and then um, and then it's revealed that, uh, like you say, the state proof vest. It was all there wasn't blood. It was tomato ketchup. He really <laughs> says that. And, um, and apparently the, the, the author cringed. Apparently, sorry, apparently the, the author cringed in the cinema at that moment when he said the ketchup. When yeah, he says, it was tomato ketchup. <laughs> Is that not in, in his book then? No, <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> I think he was dismayed at the whole tone of this one, I think. And, and um, oh, okay. so it's worth saying that he had also uh, contributed all the, the stories that were adapted for uh, From Beyond the Grave, hadn't he? Mm-hmm. Which was the last Amicus made, Amicus Portmanteau film. And um, that was a good film. <laughs> so that had been adapted nicely so 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 this must have been a bit of an unpleasant shock for him if he because he didn't because of the tone because he did uh, yeah. yeah um especially if he only saw it in the cinema and he didn't have any inkling of what they'd done to it you know he just <laughs> turns up at the premiere and this whole thing kicks off <laughs> why is beer robertson in one of my stories what's going on but but i always i always think of this and I always say this that doesn't mean it's a bad film just because the author of no, I don't hate no, it no. because you know the shining be, is a classic example. Would, <laughs> you, the, yeah, I was going to say that would be virtually any film, wouldn't it? That was well, it, an adapt, adaptation of a book. Yeah, There's a few that authors like, but cinema, cinema doesn't work. It shouldn't be a slavish adaption, a page to screen adaptation, should it? It should be no. turning it into a cinematic experience. The uh, really famous it, one, the really famous one is, of course, um. Kubrick's Shining, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, authors are sometimes blind to the quality of the film adaptions. But, I mean, you could see that Chetwin Hines here, or Hayes here, even, he, he had a bit of a case. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the, the very last shot is the, the, the vampire and his family hugging. And it's quite a touching yeah. scene. Mm. I mean, it's always... It, in some ways, well, firstly, I think this is brilliant. I, I, I just found it hysterical. And I, and I definitely think there should be a sort of spin-off Bleedy series. I think that would be quite great. Um, and you'd never and stop I, laughing I, at that, would you? You'd just be know, laughing think, through the tiles. And, yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think that could be done in quite a, you know, if, if you did it in a sort of a, the style of the, the sort of 60s Avengers or something, I think that could be quite quite cool. Yeah, quite, definitely. Quite an interesting series. Um but I, I, I think that there's, there's an interesting, and that this probably comes from the book, but a sort of interesting take on sort of a reversal um, of the, from the tradition of sort of vampire story, where the vampire is obviously the baddie and going around killing people. Now, it's obviously still implied that, that's, that he's doing that, although he could be doing it in a similar way to the Vincent Price's I think, I think I think it does yeah, actually kind of say idea. he doesn't take more than he needs or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, he's, you mm. know, he's just being, yeah, so he's just taking what he needs and just not not turning anyone else into vampires or anything like that. So it's quite a nice reversal to sort of see a vampire with a family being fam, a family person uh, and then the, the, the sort of heroes, which we normally have the sort of Van Helsing type person who's normally the hero. It turns out to, to be sort of like the villain it's quite I think it's quite it's quite whether you think it's successful or not I think it's quite a nice 
take on it. It's got a different take well, on it. Well, I mean, so they're anti-vampire racists, and, and we've seen it in things like <laughs> well, yeah. True, True Bloods. True Blood really develops that as an yeah, idea, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I like to see the vampires as the good guys, and that TV series that you mentioned. Um, yeah, the Avengers, but it also maybe have a like a touch of Bewitched, wouldn't it? I mean, in fact, yeah. Yeah, this has a touch of Bewitched. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Bewitched. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So, 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 so that's that one. Again, I like. Do you guys like? I like it. I know. You- I, I, I yeah. really like this. I thought it was just. Again, I think I'd, I'd, I'd got into the mindset that this film was largely going to be a bit, a bit daft, uh, and so that 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 worked for me. So yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy this part, of this this story as well. I think it, uh, the humour is, is works really well, and you can just see that everybody's having a blast. Yeah, Donald Pleasance is is so enjoying himself. Yeah, um, because he's getting to do something that he doesn't normally get to do as well. Yeah, com- well, yeah. comedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's yeah. Th- let's move on. Let's move on. There's uh, okay. The, 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 there's, I think more of a um a linking sequence but it's not very major to the third one um oh, and there's a the type in one, joke so. about about film producers being bloodsuckers or being vampires yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Aren't um, they all? and then it goes straight into the third story which is the ghoul uh, or the ghouls i think um and, and it's kind that, of a hume something like that um hume She's a Hume, isn't she? I can't remember. I can't remember. It's some, some silly yeah. made-up thing. Yeah. That's, that's part of that list. Uh, absolutely, because this story, and I don't mind summarising this. Um, so we, we get like a, a scene from a gothic horror film, which turns out to be a gothic horror film. Um, and then the producer says, oh, I need to find a location. I'm going to go out looking for a location. My location scout's an idiot. So he, he in fact, he, he tells his location scout, scout is an idiot, doesn't he? You know, so he's not very nice. And this producer is um, played by Stuart Whitman, who yeah. is a an American uh, a, a, actor, faded, I don't know, I think a faded star by this this point. I'm not exactly sure yeah. why he was famous, but I do know I watched him in a Hammer film called Shatter, which um, playing the lead character, who's the the eponymous lead character of Shatter, um, but that was the other film that Hammer made in Hong Kong, because uh, so, <laughs> they made obviously Legend of Seven Golden Vampires, mm-hmm. but it was a two-film deal, and Shatter was the other film, and 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 Stuart Whitman was the star. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched that film. It's got Peter Cushing in it. Um, I, it's really I bad. Don't think I have. It's, it's not very good. It's not. Yeah. It's not a horror film. It's a thriller, but. No. Um, it's, I think I've seen it a long, long time ago, and I, um, I, it couldn't have stayed with me because I don't remember a single thing about it, <laughs> other than the title and the fact that it had um, Whitman in it. That's that's all I can see to remember. But the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to to be fair, that me as well. Apart from Peter Cushing's character is called Rattigan. Um, okay. so uh, well, I, I, I don't even remember Peter Cushing being in it. So <laughs> maybe I fell asleep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like an evil spy boss hence the the name with rat in oh, oh, um, no. isn't that the same name that Vincent Price has in Basil the Great Mouse Detective the only thing is I might have confused the two characters <laughs> 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 yeah um, 
anyway, um, yes, did, 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 did anyone else think that he reminded them a little bit of Richard Donner? Yes, I can see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't know what it was. He just he just really reminded me of, of Richard Donner. I think he looked a little bit like him, and, and just yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. So, so I mean, this is such a segue. We'll get back. We'll get back <laughs> to the film in a minute. But, but my, my brother posted on social media recently a theory that Richard Bonner, Donner is actually rubbish, and Richard Lester is actually the good director. And the, ba- <laughs> <laughs> the basis that Richard Donner didn't really do anything interesting. He he just made some um, very straightforward blockbusters, quite a lot of which, um, you know, aren't actually that well paced <laughs> and um, whereas Richard Lester did lots of quite interesting things but Richard Richard Donner um, was very big at this exact point because he'd come off the three and the four musketeers and yeah. Superman hadn't he so that, I mean, I think that, the omen was around this time as well wasn't oh, which we talked about and, yeah. and which mm-hmm. which which by the way doesn't meet any of the um, criteria that <laughs> I was quoting <laughs> as a really good film but, <laughs> uh, but but you could see how Richard Donner as a really massive director at the time could well have been an inspiration for for this the, yeah this definitely yeah so hey that uh, back on topic <laughs> I think also, I think also this this whole beginning of this of this story in the in the studio, um, there are hints of the the John Pertwee segment in um, the House of Drip Blood, in the fact that he's you know he's he's basically giving his entire production staff a a, a complete telling off, um, yeah. because they're not doing their jobs properly. Um, very different stories. Um, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. But I think you're also touching on the, the idea. Obviously, like this is more comedy slanted, so it takes inspiration mm. from more the comedy slanted ones from earlier um, installments. But also that um, this is like number seven in the series, and and they've all got like three, four, five stories in. So you're running out. Of, <laughs> you're running out of new things to do by this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that uh, Subotsky, any any chance that he can get to um, to throw shade on 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 the film industry or the people that run the film industry as well, or the people that work in the film industry, producers, directors, people like that, of which he is one. Um, I think he likes to do that. Well, I, I think you're absolutely right, and it's something, for instance, that you, as far as I can recall, never see in Hammer. They they the. No. Uh, yeah, this is some. This is some uh, like a personal thing. Maybe mm. is it self-loathing, or does he just hate everyone he works with? <laughs> I think that's a hard <laughs> question to ask. <laughs> to answer. Right, but uh, anyway, so um, oh, I haven't looked up what Stuart Whitman's character's name is. I've forgotten. So let's call him Stuart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he's looking for like a creepy village location, and he finds a creepy village, like a really creepy ruined village, um, and. Um, it looks like it looks completely derelict. This tavern he goes into, but he's still for some reason going barkeep, barkeep, and you think, yeah. okay, okay, again, um, like this is the the, the set dressers just haven't read the script here because yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna walk into a clearly derelict place and start yelling at the <laughs> barkeeper, are you? <laughs> But he's American. Maybe he thinks that's what we do. <laughs> this is a standard pub. Yeah. <laughs> <Inch of> dust <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, 
but they, but then amazingly, the tavern keeper does turn up, and it's Patrick McGee, our third <laughs> returner from Asylum. Yeah. And, um, but this time with no teeth. Yeah. Um, and then um, all, uh, so lots of other villagers appear, including um, Liz Smith, I think, in one completely off-putting shot because she never appears again. And you think, okay. I, did I see her? <laughs> <Notice> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> no, it was definitely I, her. <laughs> I, I actually love that. And I, and I thought, oddly, although it's silly and they're all dressed outrageously stupidly and with crap makeup again, and she thought that was a bit creepy. And I thought Patrick McGee was, was quite creepy. And the bit where the director turns around and there's suddenly uh, all the villagers just standing there. Uh, okay, so a that's a creepy, creepy idea, well. right? But the thing is, these are meant to be ghouls. <clears throat> yeah. And ghouls, you know, um, in the H.P. Lovecraft version, don't look like this. They look like walking cadavers. <laughs> but, and, and there's a there's, there's a sequence, isn't there, where um, the, the tavern girl, the, the uh, tavern owner's daughter, she's explaining the history, I think. Is that, I think she's yeah, doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we get these beautiful um, illustrations of, of um, yeah. the, the formation of the town and the elders who are the ghouls and, and then how they all came there because of... A, uh, unwitting act of kindness by a vicar, but but they look exactly like they're supposed to look in those illustrations, like in like as uh, Lovecraft described, as you I, would think I, a ghoul looks like. Aren't these aren't these villagers they supposed to be like the sort of generations on descendants? And I got the feeling that the that whatever they call are they do they call them the elders or the, the whatever yeah they the elders the elders who, the who elders are coming back. Like mm-hmm. I assume that they're they're the actual ghouls. Well, but I th- but, <laughs> but we see the but, elders later, and well, they, they do, <laughs> do we? Do we though? Do we? <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> so, so, um, okay, you make a, so so that that is a point that these aren't the elders, but but still, the makeup is like oh yeah, it's 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 school production levels, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> I, I would argue that that. Um, Perhaps I, I know it's budgetary reasons, and I know I know, and it and it does look a bit crap. But I would argue that if if you made them look like ghouls from the get go, um, it would kind of um, you 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 you'd, you'd peak too soon. It would give the game away. But also, it'd be even weirder that he checks into this tavern. Yeah, because he'd be straight. <laughs> oh yeah, zombie oh, hotel. <laughs> oh, yeah, hello. Oh, oh, oh. He doesn't. He doesn't check in though, does he? Don't they? They they force him to go up to the room. Uh, and kind of lock him in there. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he seems all right with it about it when he's talking to the, the girl, and and the girl, um, the the she doesn't have a name, does she? Um, she she she, but she's half human because mm-hmm. an earlier human woman had and, had come to the village and 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 and, and um, and another, she liked um, what she saw, <laughs> and, so, um, and that's another um, role for Leslie Dunlop. We last saw in, in, in our worlds in, in the Elephant Man. The great Leslie Dunlop. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and he's still working at the moment, I, I yep. understand. Yeah. Um, so is Patrick McGee her father? Yes. Yes. I think, I think yeah. that's the implication, yes. Um, so so this, this, this lady that came to the village and, and liked what she saw and stayed, uh, it was 
it was Patrick Patrick McGee. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's got a type then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but and, and then there's uh, it's all about he uh, Stuart Whitman tries to escape. Take, takes the girl with her, but she gets killed by a stone to the back of the head uh, because it's their, their kind of hunting method, isn't it? That they throw stones and, uh, yeah. and, and, and so they, 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 they kill her. So she doesn't make it out. He does make it out. His car's been sabotaged, but he goes on the road, gets to the main road, flags the police, police uh, car down. But in a, in a tragic mistake, it's police <laughs> escort for the elders and these policemen are actually ghouls. So they just take him straight back to the village and, and he gets surrounded like in a kind of George A. Romero way by the ghouls. Mm. And then the policemen turn around and they've got those crooked smiles with the pointy yeah. teeth. That is a, quite a good shot. You see, I think yeah. the, the thing the thing is Roy Wood Baker he can do that. He can he can have an effective shots like we've seen at the end of the Shadmock. We see it, we see it here. It's, it's memorable, it's striking. It's just you, you know, I think he concentrated on key moments and didn't try and fix all the like the severe costume and makeup and yeah. problems. I'm sure time was a factor as well. Yeah. Filmed filmed in 24 days, apparently, which I think is okay. pretty, pretty standard for um these kinds of productions obviously it's, it's, but i think you can't I, fix things if, if they're not it's all has to be done in advance you can't fix things there's no time to fix things once you're there i think i think it's a real shame actually because i think this 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 segment i think it's sort of ruined by the fact that they do the thing where he disappears obviously into that very obvious dry ice. Um, <laughs> no, cloud. the the creepy fog. <laughs> and, 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 the, 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 and like you said earlier, with the, the village being so derelict, and so it, if if it if they dialed that back a bit, and it was just a bit more subtle, I think this would have could have worked really well. It could have just been a standard no, hammer village. Because <laughs> there's absolutely no reason. Um, I ju- I just can't. It just doesn't work for me that this village would actually ever ever exist but no. like how people just, just off the motorway like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> people people would just so you'd end up walking the drive-through yeah yeah <laughs> and, and, and surely someone must have noticed if if no one ever comes out of it yeah he's <laughs> it, sort of like but but then maybe that i think the implication is earlier on that the the location guy for the film has deliberately avoided that that place, perhaps because he knows where it, its history. Maybe, maybe, maybe only, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe as an American, you know, he's the only one who doesn't know, and everyone maybe. else just knows. Don't go there. Thinking, <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't go there. We're not going to do anything about it. We're just going to ignore this place and let it carry on. Yeah. Well, well, all, they need, all they need to do is go in with a very strong fan and blow all that dry ice away, <laughs> and yeah. it's fine. Then. <laughs> you well, know, there's yeah. this whole group of people who who is is suggested eat human flesh. Yeah, um, they just wouldn't be allowed to to sort of stay there, would they? It'd be like you know, someone would do something about it. Well, no, no, but I think the implication is the elders have obviously got 
got a position of authority I so that they, so, they yeah. can they yeah. so, so, so they're it, they're the ones <laughs> the power behind the throne in charge making i just sure found it a bit difficult to, to believe yeah uh, because it's certainly a, because the... ghouls aren't real paul that's why you find it difficult <laughs> to believe <laughs> oh shut up <laughs> but... don't, don't spoil it <laughs> <laughs> that, that's right. you've ruined it for me now <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah but that's why it's um yeah the internal logic it, it, is rubbish it's yeah. just yeah and 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 just the, the the over the over the top the topness of that whole village is is yeah but it's a shame because it is a good it's quite like you say it is quite a good idea it's I yeah think it's, and i think i think the chase sequences are quite sort of tense as well in it mm-hmm. i think you know for me, oh, is, that is quite good and i love the, the comic illustrations with the uh, i love narration. those yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. But for me, this is the worst one because it's the the worst yeah. produced. But but it's still fine. I still liked yeah. it. I still enjoyed it. It's just the obvious problems with it. Um, and that after that, also got, also there is a when he goes to the church and he's yeah. got that cross. That cross is a little bit floppy, flaps <laughs> around quite a bit for something that's meant to be kind of metal. It's <laughs> It's they very old. Used, yeah, they obviously used like sheet copper or something. Wasn't it? Yeah, not, not I'm, I'm actually going to. I'm going to disagree with you though, um, Chris, because I really like this one. Okay, no, good. It's good. It's good. Um, and I think that some of that probably comes down to the fact that I I saw this film for the first time on late night television, probably when I was about ten, way too young to watch it. Hmm. And this is the segment that really freaked me out, and yeah. I think that that memory. Of, of seeing it when I was 10. Whenever I watch it now, it still kind of bothers me. Obviously, no, in a, in a more adult way, obviously, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I can sleep no, at night, you know. That, that, is that because of all the ghouls kind of getting yeah. in close? I, yeah, I, I, that, I, that is I, quite I, effective, yeah, I agree. I, I, and the sense that, that you can't I, get away. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, I, think I think that's sort of still manages to be there, even if the, the rest of it looks a bit shoddy mm. and rubbish. So I, yeah. I can get, I can get that. It like just I say, doesn't work as a grown up. I don't think. But well, but, I mean, I, I say that this is the the one I like the least. But I still actually, I still actually do quite like it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but I just wanted to before we wrap up, I just wanted to sort of talk about the framing sequence because sometimes these framing sequences can be quite perfunctory, especially the way they end. Like, yeah. like um, often it'll be. And you were dead all the time. But but here you actually get like um, a big you get a big speech. You get a brilliant leap because the Vincent Price really gets his teeth into this. Oh, it's a big, big speech it, yeah. about why humans are, are are monsters and should be in the monster club. Yeah, uh, well, the, uh, the author gets uh, given membership, doesn't he? Um, yeah, be, be, right. yeah, but because because of all the bad things the human race has done, yeah. <laughs> and and, and it, it's a it's a it's a really it's a it's a really brilliant speech. You got Vincent Price there and his um oratorial best, and and it makes a really pleasant change from "You were dead all the time." <laughs> it's <laughs> quite as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and John Carradine plays it beautifully as well because he doesn't have yeah. a lot to do is but um. But then it's like, um, as as Vincent Price has got this litany of 
all the things that we've done when we've you know put hazard with humanity we really have done all those bad things um um uh, and all the monsters are going wow wow why don't you say it? why don't you tell people about this and john carradine is like oh well we don't like to boast <laughs> i just love the way he delivered that you know yeah uh, so it's, um, the, the I, the monster's grasp of world history is very, very bleak, though, isn't it? They don't, they don't seem to know a lot. They didn't know any of, it, of this stuff that, that, that Vincent Price no. tells them about. It's constant partying for them. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that, they're always at the club. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, actually, I, I think it's a really good wrap-up. And, and yeah. I, when I watched this film, I was, I was a bit older than, than, than you, Paul W., when I first watched it. I was probably in my late teens, and... The, the 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 jokiness really bothered me the la- and the lack of Cushing and Lee yeah. actually bothered mm-hmm. me as as well um, and I, I I just I remember this as being actually not that good a film and then I've come back to it thinking I watched it again and thinking no this is great I love this I mean it's not, <laughs> it's not I mean intrinsically speaking it's not great I'm not making the case that this is right there with the Elephant Man I'm not that was not my point earlier I'm not yeah. doing that. <laughs> I really, really enjoy it. And when actually you see people now go, oh, Monster Club, that's actually a bit of a cult classic. But well, it's just because it's it's fun. And eventually people get past all the stuff like it was completely um, because it was never because it was never a contemporary horror film, a proper one. But at least it doesn't date like they do. I mean, (laughs) so 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 it's it's very unique. And and yeah, um, I'm going to say I'm after watching it, and this was your suggestion, Paul W. And I thank you for it because I've totally reappraised this film. You're welcome. I'm glad I did that for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you guys? So, so on, on the other end, uh, you, it, you, you hate I, it. I, I've never, <laughs> Sorry, no. Um, I both of you, I, I'd never seen this before. Oh, hadn't you? To, to, to my shame. Um, oh. So this was the first time for me watching it, and and I once I'd kind of realized that it's this was a bit dafter than the, the standard um film of it type i i really enjoyed it I just kind of like sort of just let go just went along for the ride and it was just good fun at some point we'll have to make a list of um our favorite 80s horror films because british horror, horror films because it's actually it's quite it's it's quite difficult but but I'm, I'm not i mean this would never before this would never have been anywhere near that that list but now now it's probably gonna have a place yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> I, I mean admittedly there aren't a lot of films to choose from but i think i think now now it might get you know up there not as high as lair of the white worm but it would get up there <laughs> yeah okay so uh, paul paul w so um I, you suggested this. Um, have you reappraised it at, at all watching it? Or I, you... I no, I don't need to reappraise it because I've always loved this film. Um, from going back to when I watched it as a kid to, to and I and I'll probably watch this film probably once a year. Wow, dig it, wow. Dig it out once a year. This um, would have been it, a painful podcast if we'd hated it. <laughs> you would it would have done. <laughs> 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 Luckily, it's all worked out fine. So, um, yeah, no, I, I love this film. I, I, I love the humour. I think, um, yeah. yeah, it's a bit naff in places, and you can see you can see some of the walls move and some of the makeups. Well, a lot of the makeups dodgy, um, yeah. but everybody just seems to be having such a good time. 
Um, and, and it sweeps you along, I think. Yeah. Um, and, it, and and the framing um, story as well actually works. It and it's actually, it, 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 it brings something to it, I think, whereas a lot of them don't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I love it. I think it's so, a great movie. So an, another question then for both of you. What, what, Peter Cushing was offered a role in this and turned it down. What role? I'm, I'm trying to see where he could have been. What, what would been. what would have been Peter Cushing's part? I personally would have loved to have seen him play the vampire. Yes. No, see, that, 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 yeah. the, the Klaus Kinski, Richard Johnson yes. role. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking that, that, that would have been, that, that would have been, that would have been good. The, the the film producer just wouldn't have made any sense, would it? And no. I think no. playing the landlord would have been a bit, you know, that, that would have been, that's more Michael Ripper than Peter Cushing, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He could have played um, Vincent Price's part as well. I think he could. Yeah, that would have been an interesting role for him. It, Again, it, a vampire. But. It, it, it would have been, but the, then we would have needed a place for Vincent Price because because the idea that Milton Sabotsky had was he wanted all of them in, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so he was trying to do what ultimately was done with House of the Long Shadows, get get everyone together. Yeah. So, I mean, that Which, doesn't that... I recently watched. I'd never seen that movie. Um, I think we, we we briefly spoke about it on Twitter, didn't we? Yeah, we um, absolutely yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a hard film to get hold of now. Um, Paul, I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I've you? never seen it, no. So if we could get hold of it, we should we should definitely we do should that. Definitely do that, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Because <laughs> no, but, but it really does follow on from this, and it, it's also you know I think I'll go. As, I, mean, I I really like House of Long Shadows, and I think it's a very interesting film. Um, uh, yeah, I'd like I'd like to talk about that in depth, but. Probably we shouldn't do that now because this this episode has to end at some point. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do have one 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 other um, observation um, in the any other business section. So this was on Amazon and uh, Amazon Prime, and then it kind of disappeared just before yeah. we were going to watch it. So I, I ended up buying the Blu-ray. I thought I'll watch the. I thought I like to do that sometimes anyway, and. Um, Network on Air have done a like a cheap Blu-ray Blu- Blu- of it with the, the funny cases that they do and no particular special features, but it was really lovely to see a, a cleaned up print of it. And I, so I really actually enjoyed doing that. And I thought the Blu-ray was worth having just just to be able to, you know, in, in, enjoy the uh, enjoy the songs in their full glory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I. I, I... A big campaigner for physical media, anyway. So I'm, I completely get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I mean, I, I like Network on Air a bit. I, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put that on their website, Chris. I like. <laughs> well, no, no. I, I really love. I, I really love their. Um, I, I really love the stuff that they do. But what I don't like, I had a bad experience buying from them from them directly. Um, Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 uh, yeah, that's, that's why I don't completely love them. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if they want to actually send me the copy of The Woman in Black that I ordered, then, then, then I will change my mind. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. Any, any, any other final points you guys want to make? First, you, Paul M. Uh, no, I don't think I have any more. 
points. Great, that's covered everything. Paul W. <laughs> no, just again, I love this film. And I just wanted to say thank you for, for asking me onto your show. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Well, thank you ever so much for, for, for coming on. It's, it's, it's yeah, no been problem. a privilege. It's been really good. Um, I, I've loved talking about this film. And um, I think before we go, would you like to plug your own stuff? Go on, if you're, you're the other co-host, Paul. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I mean, I, I, that's fine. Chris was ask, asking you. Oh, oh, I, I thought, oh no! Yeah. We got almost to the end, and then I confused the pools. You oh, did, yeah. So close. <laughs> yeah. Paul W. Uh, so, okay. so, so, so uh, yeah. I think. Okay, what you? Sorry, go on. Paul W. So I was just going to say that the, the thing I was the thing I was uh, going to promote is is the thing that people are listening to, so they probably already know about it. So. <laughs> Yeah, but, but but retrospection and but, the but yes, where can we find you? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you, obviously retrospection. Um, you can find that on pretty much everywhere on every um streaming service that um well podcast service that, that you can find us on. Um, and what? there's another um podcast that I'm involved with, which is um called Once More with Buffy, where we do a Buffy retrospection. Um, and we're uh, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. Okay, G give us a t give us a Twitter handle. Oh, I can't remember that. Okay. At retrospecky. There, at retrospecky. Yeah. There we go. There, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Colin's gonna hate me. He's, he's you're supposed to plug the show. Plug the show. I knew they should have got me on it. <laughs> so, and, 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 and I'd like to. I'm sure Paul M would like to as well. We'd like to recommend an excellent podcast you, you and your friend uh, Colin do. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So and you 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 cover just um, anything. Well, retro. <laughs> anything between the six. We we from the sixties to the early two thousands. I would say. Although we keep we seem to stretch it occasionally, but no one's uh, noticed yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, no, please please do check those out and um uh yeah i haven't listened to your buffy podcast yet actually um although i do love buffy so that maybe i'll wait to the end and binge through them are you going to do angel as well we are we're going to do um the whole of buffy verse in chronological order we may even put the movie in at some point as well in between seasons but we, we we're discussing that at the moment oh, and, and i should i should say that my co-host is um the lovely rachel who also happens to be my wife She'd kill me if I didn't oh, say that. You have to say that. She, <laughs> I, I think she's just off screen, isn't she? Just like, like waving, <laughs> threatening you with something if you don't win. Yeah, she's poised to throw things yeah. at me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well th th thank you, Paul. And Paul W. And Paul M, do you want to just um, close off in the usual way with uh, the, our, yeah, our social media okay. stuff? Yeah, you can, you can do the... the find us on facebook where we're very very british horror if i can say that um and twitter where we're at very brit horror or you can email us at a very british horror at gmail.com okay and please please do that do all of those things immediately because it makes us look really popular and we'd love to hear from you um <laughs> we do but in, in, in until next time i've been chris denton Who's going? Am I going next? <laughs> what, 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 
<laughs> Please, one of you. Monk. How many times have you done this now? <laughs> I always muff this up. Don't worry. This is quite bad. So I, I'm, I'm just a monk. Uh, and there's also another Paul. And I'm Paul Wood. Yay! <laughs> that, that was the best. That was much better than either yeah. of us. But yeah, you, you, you said like a true professional, like us. I can, fake, I can fake it with the best of them, don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just going to wish I had a voice for broadcasting and I'm going to say good night. Yeah. yeah. Good night. <laughs> Bye.